Yeah, no, I just looked through this roster, and unless somebody reincarnates Tyrod Taylor, this team could be in trouble. This schedule is not easy at all. Play the fight song. All right, everybody, welcome into episode two of Play the Fight Song podcast. We are absolutely vibing over here. At least I am. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I've been listening to different podcasts and different things, reading up on college football, watching nonstop YouTube clips over everything. Now, add on top of that, the Orioles have won eight straight. They're a mm. game and a half back mm. in the AL East. I just shot my round or record. So Jordan best just shot an 87. Good job, Jordan. I'm feeling frisky right now. It's, it's nasty, that, but I'm telling you, I'm pumped up because now we're into previews. Now I feel like we are right here. We are right next to the start of college football. Uh, still about a month, a little over a month away, but I want to go to the Schaefer over here. We're going to talk a little bit and get his, you know, how he's feeling for the week, what he's seeing with the ACC. If he's got anything out top of his head, he just wants to get off his chest. Let the kid go. Yeah, I don't have a ton to get off my chest. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this conference. Uh, it's not the most interesting conference to follow, but I think there's a lot of topics and a lot of teams that really you need to keep your eye on to mm. that could play a factor in how this season shapes out. Uh, not a ton of teams that really take your eye off the board as far as like talent goes, but I think some teams could really make it for an interesting college football season. So I'm ready to get into it. That's a good way to wrap up that. They guys got a good head a of hair. Snippet. It looks so good. To Parks, let's go to you because I think Reese had something he wanted to bring up that he wanted to talk about after. So let's go to Parks real quick. See what he's thinking. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the second most irrelevant Power Five conference. I'll put it that way. <laughs> hey, that's why we're Ooh. starting with it. We build the hype. Ooh. We get. I think we just in. dropped like ten listeners who are probably ACC fans. Yeah. So no, we're still going to dive. Thanks in. for staying some, in. If you're still here, Winston Salem just slammed his phone on the ground. And <laughs> ran into a stop sign. That's tough. Poor I'm sorry, guy. but we'll bring him back in. We'll talk a little Wake Forest. Reese, let's go to you. New microphone in yeah. his hand. He. Schaefer and Parks made a joke early. It looks like he's doing some stand up the way he's walking around. But hey, I look like a, I look like how it is. I look like a podcaster now. This looks this looks legit. I just I'm just holding it. It's got I got a little stand for it. But you know what? I'm like no, I want to hold it by my hold it by my mouth so I can talk. I feel feel more important when I'm doing this. He's you the comedian of the group. That's why. Yeah. Whatever the fuck you want to tell yourself this year. Um, Are we real now? We might be. I'm I'm now that I'm here, man. I might be. I don't know. So then this is the next step to our official uh, title as a podcast. The next thing is just getting all of us together again for one more live episode. Are we closer to Reese becoming an official podcaster or him having an official mustache? I feel like we're like, uh, uh, mustache. look at this thing and tell me it's not official. I think it looks good, Reese. This has been, this is, this is all in, this is an army regulation. This is everything it needs to be and more. It's Sergeant Major <laughs> that's likes it. That's all that matters. How many it's other podcast up. groups have a soldier on their on their crew? So exactly. So if you don't support the, us, you, you don't, don't support the troops. Or the troops. There you go. Yep. You support. I like that. Yep. There I just. You go, buddy. You're going to disrespect the future U.S. Army soldier. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> all time video. Great take. Great uh, line. 
Uh, but the, one, the, yeah. one, the, the random thing that uh, I saw today, it's not related to football at all, but you're just like, that's just, fine. We'll, we'll just roll with it. Things. I went to the DFAC before, which is just our cafeteria. And they're like, if you, if you buy clothing that is ripped up intentionally and you spend money on that, you are an absolute moron. I don't care what you, you, the girls who buy the jeans, there's always a classic 50% off or the holy jeans or whatever the hell. There was a dude that, his t-shirt like it looked like he got mauled by a bear and i'm like and there's no way it was cheap too like it, it had to be an 89 dollar long sleeve shirt his one of the sleeves it's hard to describe but like from about mid forearm down it was only attached for like three or four inches the rest of it was just detached it was like hanging out here so you could just see from like his mid forearm all the way on down was it, it was like, like a double xl in size no, like it was, it was like maybe an exercise bigger on him, but he had to wear like another t-shirt underneath it, and he had these stupid little. You see all those TikTok kids wearing those the sunglasses or whatever. Like they were like pink, like I like don't know what the Mahomes sunglasses. The Mahomes no, sunglasses are kind of big. Um, in I don't know how to describe it. They I don't look know like what you call those sunglasses, look, they look like but they're not, a, not cool. At a gas station, like they're not. They're plastic pieces of shit. But like this dude, like I, I, it was like this dude just got attacked by a bear, and he's like, I'm gonna go. This is this is the outfit that I wanted to put together for today. That's just my yeah. grievance that I that I noticed. Like, if you if Schaefer's you spend, a black, you are money. jeans guy. I am a black jeans guy. They have a couple of rips in them, but I, yeah. I also got a pair of slick black jeans that don't have rips. It just kind of depends on the night. Some nights I definitely I definitely owned a pair of ripped jeans in my lifetime. Yeah. Everybody has in their life. jeans are fine. I know what Reese is. Mine was like junior year, and it's brutal. Two thousand eight. There's a, there's like a couple of yeah. You'll see you'll see like the famous people now. Like they'll buy clothes that are ripped. Like. Why? Like, would that makes you feel rich? Like, aren't the people that are less fortunate walk around in the ripped t-shirts? Like, why are we? I don't know, man. It, just, it makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I'll they would kill to not have a hole in their shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Some kid's got a hole in his uh, 2019 Alabama national title shirt when Clemson won it. Or hey, but that probably means something to that guy. Eagle Super Bowl shirt. That that <laughs> means something. That that shirt will That's last forever. That guy's gonna get buried in that t-shirt. If we're gonna stay on the topic for a second, we got to talk about how dumb platform shoes are. That's my, that's my I two cents. You know, I mean, they got the big tall bottoms. It's like half oh, yeah. the shoe okay. is the yep, big tall go. bottom. Yep. Ugly. Yep. Look like moon boots kind of thing. Yeah, no, moon tough. shoes. Yeah, <laughs> the that's stupid, ye- the stupid Yeezy like Croc shoes or whatever that like you can see through them. I don't get those things either. I don't know. Maybe right. I'm getting old and I just don't understand fashion. Anymore. <laughs> Reese is rolling. No, all right. All right. <laughs> all right. We're going to jump back to 2022 a little bit. Let's talk about the ACC last year. What happened within the conference? Who won the conference? How it all played out for them? We're looking back at 2022. Clemson wins the ACC title in a year where they were expected to take a step up. It kind of felt like it was another you know slower year, like a 2021 for them. And you kind of look at all of it and they beat North Carolina in the title game kind of handily. But it wasn't a conference where there was any monster. And I know looking kind of looking at you guys and seeing what we thought about the conference, there's just no monster. There's no college football representative or college football playoff representative, excuse me. There's no team that somebody was like, oh my gosh, like that team is that that's a very talented team. Now Clemson won ten games and Florida State had a breakout year with nine. But did you like why do you think they were looked down upon? Do you think it was because of the inability for Clemson to score on offense? Do you think it was because Florida State lost a couple of games in the conference where maybe they shouldn't have? Was the whole conference down? What were you seeing as a whole between you three? I definitely think the ACC took a step back last year. 
Um, when you put the ACC into perspective, last year was kind of a big opportunity for them. Uh, and, and right now they're kind of in no man's land. When, when you talk about the conversation, I think we even talked about it last week, like where conferences rank. Um, and there's no reason that the Big 12 should be ahead of them right now. But I think everyone could say that they probably are. I'd say uh, and I think that was because of, yes, Clemson having a down year, quote unquote. Um, that's kind of, you know, that's the top tier uh, co- guy of the conference. It's like when, you know, if Alabama uh, is down in the SEC or when you're not having teams in the college football playoff conversation, especially when there's only four of them. Uh, mm-hmm. you kind of become irrelevant, especially to a lot of casuals as far as a conference is concerned. Yeah. Um, I think FSU is taking the right steps and we'll get into that. Uh, but Clemson really actually still had an opportunity to sneak in last year. Um, if it weren't for that slip up against South Carolina at home, I mean, just, just terrible. I mean, they, they didn't look good. Like I know they were in. No, game, and that's, that's awkward. the thing. They, their offense just had holes in it and and they made the mistakes that cost them the game mm-hmm. and that was just kind of their mo all year when it really mattered and they just got ripped apart by another sec t- uh team in the orange bowl with joe milton at the helm so yeah parks go to you i think you were ready to rack on to something yeah no i think the acc in general including last year is just what the kids would call a mid conference but on a good mid for the top uh, half what right does, what does mid mean for those who may not know you know the description of mid Middle of the pack, you know, not going to stand out, not bottom side, but that's a perfect way to describe this conference because if you look, they actually have a decent amount of good teams that were nine and four, eight and five, which in a lot of conferences, you'd be like, all right, they had a decent year, pretty good, but none of them are standout teams to where you're like, all right, that North Carolina team was good. They just had a couple of falls. Like nobody's in conversations for postseason play past like a good bowl game, maybe. So they're just kind of those middle of the pack. I think Clemson takes a step up this year. Little little preview into later. But yes, I mean, I don't think you guys remember, but last year we were praying for Clemson to have a big game at home where they lose so we could get them out of the conversation because yes. they were in it, in it, in it. Nobody wanted them. They didn't believe in that product. And they finally did and got themselves out of it, which was a blessing for college football. Yeah, I agree. Reese, your thoughts on the ACC. I know you're an ACC guy. Well, yeah, I'm an orange guy through and through now. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Go orange. Guy bleeds orange. Just for the last for the last it's year, simple. man, it's it's pretty awesome. It's it's a great fan base, JMA Wireless Dome, whatever the hell. Um, but I don't know. You guys are kind of sleeping on it. I think ACC is going to be a more interesting conference this year than people are going to give credit. I think I think Clemson, Florida State, um, North Carolina, they're just going to be a fun team to watch because of Drake May and the offense. But their defense is their defense is going to be atrocious again. So it's going to be a find a way if they can put up enough points to beat teams. But Miami, if they can figure their stuff out, they pick up some transfers on the line. We'll get into that stuff later. Um, Van Dyke just wasn't the dude last year. But I think they're going to be better than the Big 12, like that conference in general. Okay. I think the Big 12 is going to be down, a, lot of, a lot of people in the middle. Like, I don't know if there's going to be that dominant team. Like, right now, everybody look at, everybody's looking at Florida State and Clemson as the two top dogs in that conference. But when you look at, like, the Big 12 right now, everybody's looking at Oklahoma, Texas. Yep. And then after that, like, Kansas State brings people back. But it doesn't sound like there's just an absolute for sure team that's going to do it. I think it's going to be like what it is usually every year for that conference where it's going to be a bunch of teams that beat each other. And that's that's what it's going to be like a little more in the ACC. But I think those middle-of-the-pack teams are better than those teams that are going to be in the middle of the Big 12. That's that's what I think. So we're looking at the ACC and predictions and stuff like that. I think the middle-of-the-pack for the ACC will be better than the middle-of-the-pack for like the the Big 12. Again, like I – 
they're not going to be the two most interesting conferences in the year. I think the SEC and the Pac-12 are probably the most interesting. And then um, don't Big go blowing our other previews here. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah, saying. That's, just, that's where I'm leaving. We're rolling on I'm the going. ACC here. Let's keep that the hype train going for that's where I'm going. all the fellows on the East Coast. Now, we're going to run right through the quick scheduling update, how the ACC has now gotten rid of divisions. There is no Atlantic. There is no coastal divisions or conferences anymore within they now will have the two top teams after the regular season will play for the conference title. Now, here's a big piece of this. It's a three, five, five scheduling dynamic. Basically what that means is each team will have three teams that they will play yearly. For example, Miami will get Boston college, Florida state Louisville each year. So they will play those teams, those three teams each year, whether that's, they'll probably alternate, you know, home and away each year. Five, five means for the rest of the conference, they will get five teams and then the next year they will get the other five teams and they will just rotate every year. So it's a new scheduling dynamic. I think a lot of people like the idea of having your locked in rivals. There's not as many rivalries within the ACC that people are jumping up and, you know, talking about. I think a lot of those teams have conference or um, outer conference rivals that mostly get all the attention. There's not very many in conference ones that are a big deal. What do you guys think about the three three five? Do you like the idea of locked in three rivals? Everybody gets the same amount. Do you like the idea of no con- or no divisions? What are your thoughts? I, this is becoming the new thing. Like they're going to start doing this around every conference. The Pac twelve just did it. What are you thinking? I think it's going the right direction. This is really helping out college football for you know like the Big Ten where that the East was a little bit heavier than the West, and then um, especially where Clemson's won seven out of the last eight ACC titles. I think this helps a ton. So. Go ahead, talk about it a little bit. Parks, I want to go to you. You're ready to roll. Yeah, I, I think there's a plus and minus to the three three five in most conferences. I mean, let's compare it to the SEC. I think the best part about this for the ACC is that they're going to have more of a chance to get representation into the college football playoff by putting both two um, in the conference championship because you kind of miss out mm-hmm. sort of in the Big Ten East where you have to miss out on Ohio State or Michigan in the conference title. In the SEC, you have Alabama and LSU. So you don't give yourself, because then you erase the argument of, oh, okay, they're a conference champion. They won this game on the road when you're talking about the college football playoff. So that's good for the conference. The bad side of it, I think, lies for the bottom teams in the conference. Those three games are gar- that are guaranteed every year are tougher for teams um, like Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has to play Clemson, Louisville, and Wake every year. Yeah. That's, that's a tougher a schedule for a team that's bought like towards the bottom of the conference, especially when they're rebuilding the way they are right now. Like they are not in a good spot. They just came off their first firing after Paul Johnson running the triple option offense was not a great role. We'll go into Georgia tech, but Schaefer, let's go to you. You had a little bit of shakeup in the conference you cheer for. This is a new scheduling dynamic. What are you thinking? I, I just don't really feel sorry for, for teams like Georgia tech who, are in a rebuilding year and they have to play. Are you Clemson saying they year. should be a part of the new conference with a G with a no, no, they get bumped up. Oh, okay. no, I here's, we here's Lander and Georgia tech a little bit. Here. No, I'm just saying, I don't feel bad for those because I, I like this, this format for two reasons. Number one, you're going to protect mm-hmm. rivalries within the conference. Uh, that's okay. always going to make college football a better product on television. You keep your rivalries. It's going to get more television executives that they just like to cut them out <laughs> and, and everything. And then number two, it's going to guarantee me. And as a part of a big 12 fan, you're going to guarantee me the two best teams are going to meet in mm-hmm. the conference championship every single year. And I will stand with that every single time uh, for two reasons. Obviously you want to see the two best teams play uh, there. You know, we all, there's always the argument with the big 10 West and the big 10 East. Yep. Uh, we're going to finally get rid of that next year. Um, but 
like for this year, we have a chance to see in a Florida State Clemson title game, which could have major college football implications or college football playoff implications. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I think going forward, I mean, give me five more years, and I don't see why every conference won't be going toward the towards this format, especially when when twelve teams are getting in now. Yeah, and just everything's going to matter. Um, these last two games are going to matter. Uh, so I'm I'm a big fan of this new format. Just one part of that that I'm now thinking about a little bit within your conferences, right? You're getting your top two teams now. If you are in a conference like the ACC or the Big Ten, where it's been a little bit skewed, right? You now may have a situation where Michigan and Ohio State play. I know we're talking about the Big Ten right here, but this is yep. the ACC preview. They play in week twelve or thirteen. Now they have to play again the next week or a week or two weeks later. And now, if one of you has one loss, let's say one's eleven and one and one's twelve and zero. Twelve and zero loses. Both teams have one loss now, and then they flip. Now a team has two losses. I guess it's not specific to this year because we will be into the twelve team playoff era when this happens for the Big Ten. But Florida State and Clemson play this year. What if one of them, what if they're both 11 and 1? You know, let's say Florida State beats Clemson in the regular season. Now they're meeting in Charlotte, both 11 and 1. There's only four playoff spots. That second loss kills you, and it's not a bad loss. Like, say you go 1 and 1 against Clemson as But that makes State, the game it? that much bigger, which is what, it's what we're here for. Does it hurt? I think early in the year, it doesn't hurt the regular season matchup as much. I think if it's a later a game later in the season, I definitely think it hurts a little bit because it's like, okay, that's fine. Win your next game and we'll see you in two weeks. Because recency bias, right? Like yeah. well, Clemson and Florida State play, what is it, like week Thank five four. this year? So it'll kind of be like almost forgotten about. Not, It won't be forgotten about, but, you know, six, seven, eight weeks of football mm-hmm. is going to go on um, and people are going to kind of forget about it where that was a good example. Like what if Michigan and Ohio State play each other back-to-back weeks? Um, going into the conference title game. I think it all kind of – a lot of it depends on where you might see them throughout mm. your schedule, whether it be early. Because people like to – everybody's got the most recent game on their mind. Everybody can't get rid of a bad loss out of their head when you've played 10 good football games all year. They're just thinking about last week and, you know, how fans get. Yeah. Reese, any thoughts on the scheduling dynamic? I agree with everything they said. I think the keeping those three teams is good for – building rivalries and all that jazz. That's what, that's what drives college football. It's what drives a lot of fan bases for looking forward to some weeks. If they have a game, that's whatever this week, but they know they had to play a rival the week after, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just an extra week for them to talk, talk trash to some of their friends or family, other fan bases, stuff like that. I think it's good for that. And then the five rotation is just a good idea too. I mean, obviously getting exposure around different conferences and around your conference and getting travel. So you bet. We'll roll into a couple. There's two coaching changes we got to talk about before we talk about transfers as the the transfer portal is the new big thing here in college football. People are hopping in and out of it. It feels like every day, even though there's only a certain there's two windows in which you can jump in. But people are committed every day still to this point. Louisville out is Scott Satterfield. He has taken the head coaching job at Cincinnati in the Big 12. In comes Jeff Brom, a guy who grew up around Louisville who went to Louisville, who's coached there in the past, leaves Purdue for this program, and we'll get to them later. They are pretty high hopes, I'd say, for the Cardinals this year. Now at Georgia Tech, out is Jeff Collins, who is the first coach that Georgia Tech has had since getting rid of the triple option. They now bring in Brent Key, who was the interim last year, a offensive line coach, and Georgia Tech's looking to rebuild, man. I mean, coverage pretty bare down there. A lot of guys have left. Georgia Tech, whether they're quarterbacks, running backs, all their skill guys, there's a lot to redo down there in Atlanta. Now, top transfers 
into the ACC. So these are guys that are coming from maybe team to team or they're coming from outside the conference. I just want to hear kind of the big ones that you guys have had. Reese, we'll start with you. I know you had questions about it earlier. What is, give me one or two big transfers that you think are going to make a difference. Uh, we'll dive into them when we get into their teams, but we'll just want to outline those now. Well, I mean, the, the, the biggest one in conference, I think, is obviously Armstrong going from Virginia to North Carolina State. That's probably the biggest one. Um, and then also within the same conference, you had uh, Jerkovic, or who, how you say his name exactly, from Boston Jukovic. College going, going to Pitt. Um, and then there's another, there's another quarterback one as well. But uh, I think some of the, the, the two that are going overlooked is the two linemen that Miami was able to pick up took two took two starters, one from uh, UCF and then one from Miami as well, or from Alabama, pardon me. Uh, and those are going to be big, especially for a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke, who struggled last year. Uh, just it, whatever it was coaching, whatever it was that was going on down there, it just wasn't good for him. And he was one of the highest rated quarterbacks coming out of high school. So if you can get him a line that can work for him and a coach that's going to work for him, I think Miami yeah. has a very good chance of having a better year last year than, I mean, they were hyped up like crazy, and then just they just didn't play well. I mean, everybody loses. They lost to Middle Tennessee State at home. Like nobody saw that coming. So I think this is a year where they can they can get their get themselves down the right path and picking up two linemen, especially for their young quarterback, is, is big. So Schaefer, give me two transfers that you're looking for. I think you're a big deal into the conference. Well, I personally I want to see Phil Jerkovich, You know. In a better spot. No, so we're stealing Reese's now. Everybody likes Phil. I'm, I'm not stealing Reese's, but I just – I don't want it to go under the Jordan. I don't want it to go under the rug, like how important I think that is, that he's he's back with his former OC um, when he had that great year back in 2020. I think that when you get a, a great pit team like they are, I think he's a good piece that can take them to back to yep. another level. I think they kind of took a step back last year with Keaton Slovis. Um, I just don't think he was the guy. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, but the other one would be definitely Jack Plummer um, going there back go. to Jeff Brom. And then they're adding Jeremy or Jamari Thrash from Georgia State, who had over 1,100 yards last year. Uh, you know what you're going to get in the Jeff Brom offense. So yep. you know the ball is going to be in the air an absolute ton. So I, I'm excited to see what those two guys can do. Um, under a Jeff Brom offense. So those Two would be great my outlines as we will talk about Louisville and where we think they sit in the conference parks. I know you don't want any more stolen from you. Go ahead. Give me a couple. Yeah, no, the two I had listed was Brennan Armstrong to start. I think replacing Leary's up was main priority um, mm-hmm. for NC state to be competitive this year. Um, I think what we don't talk about too often, and, and I know we're very dead set on our fandom for our teams, but I think transferring in conference is so wild right? Mm-hmm. Like you didn't go to that school last year and like hate everything about them and play against them. And now you're like, yeah, eh, whatever, I'll play for him. Um, so he must've saw something he liked. The other one that was not mentioned yet, Devonte is Walker from Kent state. He's going to North Carolina. Dude, he's going to be wide receiver one for Drake may that kid is a stud. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a name you're here a lot. Yep. I think those are all really good points. Cause I, like you guys are talking about, these are pieces that are going to go into high flying offenses or are perceived to be high flying offenses. I'll give you a couple here that I think are a big deal. Keon Coleman from Michigan state transferring into Florida state, I think helps this receiving core out tremendously. It's already a really good group down there. They've really taken the transfer portal and just added depth and then a little star power, just about everywhere on that, um, on that team going along with that Jaheim bell, who was, an all-conference tight end at South Carolina last year, now to Florida State. He's going to start to see a little bit of a trend on where what Florida State did in the offseason. I think another one that 
people definitely need to look out for is uh, I lost it right here. Here it is. Um, did we mention Fentrol Cypress? We did. No, 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 we did not. Rank number five in the transfer portal rankings. He comes in uh, from Virginia to Florida State to play corner. Now that's just making a defense who was solid last year even better. Like I know all three of mine were Florida State guys, but you guys took all the ones that were non Florida State, and that was kind of all that was left. But I think no, it's a big I think, deal to see what they did. I think like, those this are is why there's hype. Yeah, these are that's why there's hype. Uh, Nate McCollum, as well as another receiver, North Carolina brought in uh, from Georgia Tech. He said, "Coaching change. I'm just going to get out of Atlanta. I'm going to go to Chapel Hill, play for Mac Brown, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and Drake May." So I do think there are weapons that there was a lot of in conference transfers. I feel like in this, like Parks is talking about, there was a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of them found really good fits for themselves, and I'm excited to see what these guys will do. Before we go into team breakdowns and kind of explain how we're going to do that, I just want to outline the transfer portal rankings that these teams had. Florida State ranked number four in the country with 10 commits. Miami number seven with 16. Louisville number 14 with 25 transfer portal commitments. Now, that is not a overhaul like 52 from Colorado, but that's a pretty good overhaul, right? I mean – Basically, what Brom said is, I'm coming in here. They weren't, you know, it wasn't a bear cupboard. We weren't super talented, but we were going to play my brand of football. So this is going to be a high-flying team that hopefully can get the ball in the air and make a lot of plays. Now, before we jump into the teams, I want uh, one of you, doesn't matter who, kind of break down our tiers and how we structure these teams. Like, what does each tier mean um, and where? And we'll have another guy kind of say what teams are where. Parks, you can go ahead. Just tell me what the tiers are what they mean, and why we picked it to this way. Yeah, so we go, went through and obviously started with the favorites, guys that are high in win totals, who we're talking about consistently and who you're going to hear a lot of analysts mention when they talk about conference titles towards the end of the year. Then we have contenders, guys that could be in the mix. They could have a good year. They're kind of on edge. Maybe they had a coaching change or two, so you don't know what product you're going to get on the field, but they have talent, followed by wait lists, teams that you're kind of waiting for that piece to jump out. Um, maybe they're replacing things. So we need to see how that's going to go similar to a contender. Um, but you could, it could be a two to three year process. And then your long shots, rounding it out teams that we really do not think are going to be in the mix, maybe this year. Um, and, and they're pretty obvious the teams that year. were, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so teams that have a lot oh, yeah. of developing and, and things to go get. Um, so yeah. pretty simple starts with favorites, then to contenders, then to wait list and then your long shots. Yep. Reese, you want to explain what teams are in what categories here? We're going to work bottom to top. We're going to start at long shots, work our way up to favorites. Can you give us a rundown of what teams are in what bracket? So long shots, you got Virginia, Cavaliers, Georgia Tech, Yellow Jackets. You have Boston College, and you have Virginia Tech. Those are our four that we're thinking are going to have a little rough go of it this year. Uh, and then our wait list is Duke, Syracuse, Go Orange, uh, Wake Forest, <laughs> and then Pitt as well. And then contenders, we have University of North Carolina, NC State, Miami, Louisville. And then our two favorites we have listed are Clemson and Florida State, which we have already mentioned a lot. So we think those we'll, are the two, most, two biggest teams for this conference. Year. Yeah, we'll get into it a little bit later. I'm thinking we put Pitt in the wrong spot. I but was going to I say thought that. They were, you guys, I, I you might have, you guys messed that up. Messed up. Yeah, we might have messed that up, but we'll see. We, you know, we're not proven wrong until games <laughs> are played and we got a month we'll and a half. Or maybe we're right. Maybe we're right. We got a spot on. Maybe we'll put it there. Yeah. yeah take whatever we'll you want. Talk it out bet later. them not to win the conference. That's probably like minus 250,000, but we're saying they're 
waitlisted. So let's start off in the bottom of the barrel. Let's go to the bottom bottom. I think this will be the worst team in the ACC. We're going to start off with the Virginia Cavaliers. Tony Elliott in his second year with the Cavs, and it didn't look great. Uh, let's talk about a little bit what you guys are seeing from the Virginia. Again, we're going to try to keep it quicker on uh, the lower teams, and then we'll break down as we go higher a little bit as the teams that maybe people who are listening to the podcast that aren't doing their preview magazines aren't or a little maybe a little more casual. They just need the quick rundown. They're not going to watch Virginia play Georgia Tech, you know? Yep. I'll put it this way. You're watching college football on TV last year. Virginia highlight comes on. What's the first name they say? Brennan Armstrong. He no longer plays there. They need somebody better. I love that. Yeah. Hey, he hit the nail on the head. Now, Virginia lost their offensive identity. Armstrong went from setting NCAA records, ACC records, Virginia records to an awful 2022. And that was a lot to do with uh, coordinator changes and things like that. They lost a lot to the portal. They lost Nick Jackson to Iowa, the linebacker who was the leader of that defense and also ACC pick. Now, and then you talk about a team that's not great. This is what you sprinkle in on your three out of four out of conference games. Tennessee, Maryland, and James Madison. Does somebody want to call the cupcake in three of your out of conference games when you already not expect to win a ton? That's what I was going to say. I was like, they're going to start off the year 0-4. Yeah, it's very nice NC State to follow. Very, so yeah. four brutal games to start. I don't know if you're a fan of the Who's, but I've heard um, whiskey and stuff is pretty good on that part of the country. You might have to buy a bottle every weekend for how this <laughs> team's going to play. Uh, I, again, it's just it's it's a team that's had success in the past. They had good teams um, in the last couple of years, but it, it's tough right now out it's there for the lot, Who's. Man. It's tough. Yep. Current win total for these fellas. Three and a half. What are we thinking? Give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. Three and a half. What are we thinking? One, two, three. Great this podcast. This is actually one of my favorites go. for under that. Get, I think. They can beat Boston. Do you want to talk about that? Now you want to talk about why you think it's under? Let's. It's yeah. one of your favorites. So let's. Yeah, it, it is it. my. It is my favorite underplay for this conference. Uh, you kind of mentioned it briefly. The, the four games start to, to add on top of the lack of talent um, is hard to come by from here. And then on top of the off the field stuff that Tony Elliott's bringing into year two is mm-hmm. that's something you just can't really prepare yourself for in any coaching scenario. So um, we talk a lot about transfers coming in and replacing guys and kind of trying to reload. What are we going to get out of Tony Musket, the the Monmouth transfer, trying to replace a five thousand yard passer from Brendan Armstrong? I just yeah. I really don't know. And then on top of that, you have a very very uh, short offensive line uh, in the offense ranked last, not only in yards, but in points per game last year as mm-hmm. well. And you just, you don't see the talent um, through the transfer portal. And I just don't, I don't see the year two bounce back, especially with, like I said, the conference or the, the four game start is just, it's not going to be easy to start. Gotcha. Shave or Reese, did you have something you want to say or you're, nope. you're good? All right, let's roll on to the next one. Let's go to the ramble and wreck of Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jackets, in their first year with Brent Key, who was interim last year, like we talked about earlier. This is the first hire after, or second hire, sorry, after Johnson, who ran the option. The error did not go well. They're off to a rough start, losing very key transfers the last two years in the portal. Um, Parks, let's talk about it, because your team benefited from a Georgia Tech team making a coaching change. What do you think about the ramble and wreck? Uh, this is my favorite pick for when over under. What is their over under, JP? Win total? I, I have four and a half. 
Yeah, give me the over. I think the I think the Yellow Jackets get bowl eligible this year. I think oh, people are sleeping on Brent Key. I think he he's been there for a while. So all the players they had, they did they did lose some big names. Let's not let's not be crazy here, um, including yeah. my boy Jeff. Um, now. He's been there for a while. He's established something. He brought in some good coaches that I liked that have good experience within the conference. And let's not forget, this guy coached eight interim games last year, went four and four, and won two games on the road against ranked opponents. It's not like he's some bozo they hired because they couldn't find anybody else. So I think he's a good coach. I think he can find good good players. And with their schedule, I think they get bowl eligible. So I'm actually a little bit higher on the Yellow Jackets than Vegas is. Okay. I, we've gone through two teams. We've had an over and under favorite already. <laughs> Reese, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to make that note. I was just going to say he did hold that Carolina offense to North Carolina offense to 70 points last year when he beat them. That was a game where I bet on North Carolina, and I'm like, how the hell are we not beating these guys? So I don't know. It's mm-hmm. I, like like Parky said too. They also did very well in the transfer portal. I mean, Hayes King didn't do a great job at A and M. Didn't really have didn't pan out for him. But the guys have been hurt. Got, hurts. Yeah. They, they got him there now. They also picked up two two receivers, uh, Christian Lear from Alabama and Trey Cooley from Louisville, or Louisville, or Trey Cooley's running back. Apologies, but I mean they did well in the portal. I think it's a year where, especially like with, if you can just buy into that new coach, they, he he found a way to to take a bad team to go four and four, and you get the guys under you get your guys for a year now to implement your system, your program, and get guys to buy in. It's not yep. a bad year for him, I don't think. Schaefer, Georgia Tech is just they're a team that. Kind of was a, I mean, I wouldn't say a power, but it was a familiar face back, you know, a decade ago or when we were kids. And they're a fun team to watch when football is good down there. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a team that hasn't ranked in the top 70 in offensive yards in over five years. I I think they're making the right adjustments. They're trying to go for the long ball with some of these transfers they're taking in. Uh, Christian Leary, especially out of Alabama, a receiver. And let's see what Haynes King could do. I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they can do, Um, but I, I kind of hope the Ramblin' Breck can get back to where they yeah. somewhat used to be. Hey, the the Beehive helmets are top-notch. They always do a really good job with their uniforms, so they're fun to watch. Unbelievable al- alternate helmet. Yeah, Unbelievable. So good. It's not talked about enough. Uh, Absolutely it, not. What what happens good when we're talking they throw about the it. yellow jacket on the helmet and everybody wants that helmet all of a sudden? Great yeah, logo, I, too. I, I don't know. Now, a little bit, like we're talking about the talent is drained a little bit. It's tough to see improvement with the lack of experience. Now the offensive line is not great, but they were forced into playing time. That's playing time helps and experience helps, but not when they're young and forced. in. like, these weren't talented guys who had to play uh, because they were talented. They were forced to play because of injuries. Um, So that's Georgia tech four and a half. I know parks is already saying over up or down fellas. One, two, three thumbs up, thumbs down. I'll get, I'll give it a, I, I'm trying to look at the schedule real quick. I, ne- I didn't oh, really I, think our, I think our listeners are under there. Two, Jordan, three, I think our listeners are wanting an up or down. Four. I don't know if they can. They can't. They can't hear. Everybody a held up. It's for visual yeah, that's bad us. podcasting. That was bad podcasting on us. <laughs> can't hear a thumbs down. I'm I, going I'm thumbs up. Information. Thumbs up. Now. I'll give them five wins. I'll go thumbs up. Okay, five wins. We're thinking three to one on the over four and a half. Now let's roll into Boston College. Now, this is a team that a lot of people thought would break out last year. We really thought there were pieces there with Zay Flowers and Djokovic that could, you know, win games and maybe get around eight or nine wins, like, and shock some teams and have a good year. Jeff Halfley now now in his fourth year, they lose Djokovic to Pitt, but Emmett Moore did play a little, or Moorhead, sorry, played and did show some promise last year when 
Uh, Jacoby was hurt. So they have a good quarterback, or at least they think they do. They dove into the portal and revamped the offensive line and receiver room, but they lose a lot on defense. And I don't know if they're going to be able to keep people from scoring a ton of points in the ACC where you have Louisville, North Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, all teams are going to be able to throw it deep. If the back end's not great, it's going to hurt. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about them. Is this a return to normalcy year? Are we back to the seven or six win Boston College teams we're used to? What are you guys thinking? They have to be relevant to run the football this year. I mean, they got to give me something. Uh, they ranked the last dead last in the conference. Wasn't even close. Averaging 63 yards on the uh, run per game. They have Christian Mahogany back to kind of lead that offensive line. Definitely an ACC all guard. Um, one of the better of the conference. But, man, they, they got to be a little bit relevant when it comes to running the football. And maybe that'll help Moorhead. I know they're high on Moorhead. And then they added Ryan O'Keefe to try to replace um, Zay Flowers out of UCF. So it all kind of comes down to can they run the football? Because like you said, JP, I don't really see a whole lot of uh, potential from their defense. So if, yep. if they can't run the football, their offense is going to slow down. And I mean, we know their defense is not going to be very productive this year. And they brought in two new offensive, two co-offensive coordinators this year too. So like that'll help change some stuff up too. So. Replace both coordinators is not great. That's it's not a great yeah. sign. It's not a good sign, but hey, we're trying something new. Whatever was last yeah. year wasn't working. Trying something and new. Going kind of back to what uh, Shaver said with running the football. This is a team that has had really good running backs over the years. I mean, you're looking at Andre Williams in 2013. You're looking at A.J. Dillon, who was an absolute horse for this team for two or three consecutive years, That and they haven't found that. Now, they did try to go a little bit more through the air with Djokovic. Didn't work out well. They couldn't keep him on his feet. They couldn't keep him healthy. It's an interesting team, Parks. Any thoughts on Boston College other than the awesome stuff they do with the red band, bandana stuff? Never bet against them for that. Uh, outside of the red bandana, who cares? This is one of the great teams that made this conference mid. Um, and But I will say they have a very, very, very favorable schedule. I mean, Holy Cross is on this thing, for Christ's sake. So uh, they could win four or five games, but they're going to be mid. Well, I think it makes them less than mid. Five and a yeah. half yep. win total. What are we thinking? One, two, three. Give me the under. 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 Oh, under. Man, three to one. JP, you're game. the outlier tonight. JP, you yeah. got to defend yourself a little bit here. One, two. I, I think I just have more confidence in Halfley, and I think they'll yep. find ways. I think they'll have a good quarterback. I think they'll be able to reset that offense and make it more established. Now, are they going to give up? 35 40 points a game maybe but but maybe they don't maybe they pay a little bit of a bend don't break and they just hang into games so i'm giving six i think is right where i have them. that's the only reason why. i'm not saying seven or eight i'm thinking six yeah yeah if, if they get five if they go over it's six if they six, have a favorable yeah. non-conference i will say that oh uh-huh. just adds come on that's ceiling right. is ceiling is six floor is one <laughs> four the one one they're gonna be one I mean, they're like uconn got better too like that's out of conference yeah. but uconn got better they lost to uconn last year yeah U- if UConn you think better. that this boston college team like holy cross could be their only win that is not like the craziest thing on planet earth like it's boston college they're not they i mean come on yeah. Guess they're what? UConn, Boston College. They play Virginia at home. They'll be fine. They're not going to win one game. They'll I, I be don't know. Game. Boston College has the atmosphere to be like it's a home game. <laughs> guess what? Guess what? That Boston College team. UConn score game was last year. What did you say, Reese? I got it guess here, Reese. Guess what? That Boston College UConn score was last year. It was like fourteen nine, three to thirteen. <laughs> nice. 
shootout. Hey, shootout. I don't know. Watch out. <laughs> well, let's jump to the last team we have in the long shots. Now, this one's weird. This is never ever where we thought this program would end up. It's a bad spot. There's a lot of things going on there. Virginia Tech, the Hokies, with Brent Pry in his second season, not good last year. They don't look like they're going to be much better this year. They have, you know, this program that was really good in the 90s and early 2000s, and even through the 2010s was a very solid program. They've now kind of hit a downslide. What do you guys think of the Hokies in 2023? Does it get better? Does it get worse? I think they, I don't know. I just think they lack a lot of talent. Um, and it kind of shows where they went in the transfer portal as well. I mean, they completely cleaned slate at the receiver position, um, adding three new guys. Allie Jennings III is a great addition from Old, Old Dominion, but um, it kind of depends who's going to throw to Old him. Dominion team that beat Virginia Tech last yeah, year. Yeah, let's not forget. Yeah. Um, Grant Wells, I was higher on him last year just because of the production and, and the yards he threw for at Marshall, but last year wasn't great. Um, okay. They have another kid from Baylor that's going to try to push him to – you know, show some things, but mm-hmm. I just think there's a, they lack so much depth and experience at the offensive line and everybody, you don't have to be a football junkie to know yeah. that that's the most important position on the field. So I'm not high on Brent Pry going into his second year. Reese. Yeah. I think it's just going to be another season of them trying to figure some stuff out. Um, like Shaver just said, you've got to figure out your quarterback before you can figure out anything else. Yep. They just yep. didn't do a whole lot offensively last year. It says the average 19.3 points a game, you're not going to win a lot of ball games, scoring uh, less than 20 points a game. Um, and they were 120th in total offense with just under 315 yards a game. you got to figure out a way to score the point to score points if you're going to try to win ball games. Their defense wasn't that great. Um, even in the games that I'm seeing that they won last year, they never scored over 30 points. Um, so they're, they're gonna have to find a way to score points to win games if they want to, that their defense is not that solid. A couple transfers, but I just, they're, I gotta see them being, uh, having it, having a rough mm-hmm. year, especially in yeah. conference. Again, the offense isn't going to be great. There's not a lot to look forward to on it, but the defense could improve again. Brent Bright is a defensive guy. They did improve last year. They could improve again. And that's not saying they're going to be locked down. They're going to be a top 20 defense, but it is saying maybe they can get, you know, in the top 50 or the top 40 where they are, you know, something to be reckoned with. It's not super easy to move the ball on them. But I think bowl eligibility is a stretch. I think getting to six is going to be tough for this team. I really do. I, Which is sad. I want to see Virginia Tech good. Everybody wants to see Ender Sandman on a Friday night or a Saturday night when they bring in one of the big names from the ACC. Parks, any thoughts on the Hokies? Yeah, no, I just looked through this roster, and unless somebody reincarnates Tyrod Taylor – this team could be in trouble. This schedule is not easy at all. Like you have your out of conference games. have two big 10 teams, Purdue, obviously. Yes. We just talked about there was a coaching change within this conference from Purdue, but then they play at Rutgers at Marshall and old dominion. This team could be very, very bad. Like very bad. Well, this is a team that lost to old dominion last year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like this team's in trouble. Get them back at home. No. They lost eight straight in the middle of their season last year. They could very well do it again this year. Yeah, any team that yeah, loses eight straight games sucks. Definitely not my team. <laughs> hey, let's let's talk about over under five. What is everybody thinking? Where are you at? I think we might be unanimous on this, but we haven't been yet. So one, two, three. Give me your thumbs up, thumbs down, go. Big fat under. Awesome. We are all on the same page. All four thumbs down. We all think they're going to go under five. We want this team to be good. We want this program to be exciting. It needs a lot of help right now. It needs a lot of help right now. We are now jumping into the weightless category. So, 
again, this is teams we think maybe a year or two away from being really talented. They're not a bad team. They're not a floor team. They're, they're right in the middle here. We're going to start off with the Duke Blue Devils, who had a very good 2022. They were a breakout team under Tim Elko, now in his second year. They are Mike. not bringing back the majority of the team, the majority of their starters. Riley Leonard is a talented quarterback, and I know a lot of guys who are more casuals, they don't think about Duke or – but you need to see this guy play football. The guy can throw it. He can run it. He's a very good dual threat quarterback for this offense in a team that was really bad in 2020 and 2021. To be clear, honest, they were awful. They were winning three or four games a year, if even. Now, a little more hopeful. They return starters. They're bringing back a great quarterback. Everybody loves their head coach. When you look at the 2023 schedule, though, here's where I kind of get in. It. it looks much tougher than what they had last year. I think they drew like most majority of the bottom conference last year, they, they grabbed quite a bit of the top parks. You got a stat for me over there. Or this is the toughest schedule in the entire conference. It's not even close. Okay. They open up with Clemson. They play at UConn, who's actually a competitive team. Now, if you haven't been watching, um, and then they go at Florida state and at Louisville back to back weeks, they play Notre Dame and they play at North Carolina. This is the toughest schedule by far and away for this conference. Yeah. Reese. That's what I was going to say, too, if, um, and we'll talk about it later. But, yeah, they have the hardest um, schedule in the conference for sure. But I think this is a team where if they can find a way to do it. Like, if you look at their uh, stats from their defense from uh, the 21 to 22 season, in 22 they only averaged giving up 22 points a game, 378 yards. And in the 21 season they were giving up almost 40 points a game and 516 yards. Granted, this year there probably won't be a huge jump like that. But if they can find a way to keep making some improvements and they have – uh, Leonard as their quarterback, who's a stud. They bring back nine nine starters on the offense, eight on the defense, and they bring back three of his top receivers on offense. Like mm-hmm. they can score points. They averaged, I think it was 32, 33 points last year, uh, which is one of the top in the conference. Like, if this is a team that can find a way to continue to score points, they can make a little bit more noise. I think and play upset spoiler for some of these teams. Yeah, I mean, this is a program where the culture changed in year one. It it completely went from a place where people didn't want to be around the football program. Right now you have um, Elko come in. He is getting people rolling. He's bringing people in. He's got 10,000 more people in attendance each game. This is a completely changed program, a completely changed dynamic and thoughts around it. Schaefer, anything quick you think of the Blue Devils? I just like the production that they bring back. Um, their entire defensive line and a very good secondary. Uh, but little concerning looking at how easy the schedule was last year. Uh, the five teams that they did play that had six or more wins – they went two and three against. So it's going to be a tough task that they have. Uh, I, it was one of the better turnarounds in college football last year, but we're going to see if Mike Elko's really got this team legit for this year. You bet. Now let's talk about over under six and a half real quick. What are we thinking for the Blue Devils? Over under six and a half. Let me see what you're thinking. One, two, three. Over. I'm going to, I'm going to go over. Seven wins. Over. Parks, what? No opinion. Don't touch it. Stay away from it. Don't touch that pick. <laughs> also decent advice most people are thinking over for the blue devils now let's jump into syracuse this is a team that there's not a lot of talk about i'm gonna be honest i think they're a wait list because i i think they can be Excuse better than they have orange. it's interesting dino baber is in its eighth year at syracuse starting to think this might be it if they have another poor year but they weren't bad last year it just things didn't go that the scheduling didn't work out basically what happened started six and oh headed to clemson had a lead lost the second half that was about the end of the orange season Garrett Schrader is still very talented. He's a very good quarterback, but I do think the two quarter or coordinator changes and 
just a, not an elite offense. They lose Sean Tucker. I think they're going to be all right. I think they'll be all right. I think that's what their win total says about him. Thoughts on them? I think when you you replace both your coordinators, I, I talked about that. I think it's alarming. Um, and then you get a guy like Sean Tucker who's been in the program for so long. You need a guy to replace him. And they were high on the Quint Allen. Sorry, it's a tough name. Uh, but then he gets suspended uh, by the university for, I believe, was a fighting incident. So they're top back. Who knows what they're going to have at the running back position. Uh, Schrader has his top target back uh, in Orlando Gadsden. He's probably the best tight end in the ACC. But I'm just not very high on it. And I think for some reason, for some weird reason, the fan base is just kind of they're almost to their tipping point with Babers. And mm-hmm. I just think he could win six or seven games this year. And for some reason, they would they would want him fired. But uh, I think with that tension from the fan base, I, I like this team. To, I, I would almost put them on the, uh, what do we call them, the long shots. That's kind of where I had them. Sorry, How Reese. You? That's that's oh, where I had them in my tears. And, yeah, Reese's not going to like that one. Reese, let's talk about your orange a little bit. Give me a couple quick snippets. What do you think about this team? I'm just looking forward to have a team to cheer for this this football season. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All that's, right, that's to tell you everything you need to know that's, about the orange. That's <laughs> like, you know, but they bring back, they bring back Schrader, Like I, I, I'm looking at their schedule. They got Clemson and Army at home back-to-back weeks. I'm like, just happy to have a team to root for, man. That'll be, two fun, that'll, be, that'll be two fun games to go to, man. Like. Parks, I don't really know quick on the orange. It's not like I've been I haven't been a diehard for this team my entire life, so I don't know what the fuck the history is like or what they're doing for everything. Like <laughs> just I, I don't know, man. man. I'm just I'm just excited to have a fucking team this year, man. I'm I'm a part of it. I want everybody to hear this as Sean Tucker tweeting it. I am not very high on the cues this year. Hashtag thirty four, hashtag you're gonna suck. <laughs> Buddy went undrafted. <laughs> oh shoot. All right. Six and a half is the win total for Syracuse, what are we thinking? One, two, three. Who gives a shit? Over. Under. Go orange. I'm thinking under. It's three, so one. Go go under. Under. Three under. Kiss my ass. We're going for the title this year. To Wake Forest, we go within the same weightless category. Dave Clawson in his 10th season. This is a team I'm not really sure what to think about. I got to be honest. There's not a ton to outline with them. They lose their uh, quarterback in Sam Hartman, uh, but Mitch Griffin seems to be a guy that they're very happy to have. And it's a very talented wide receiver room still to this point. Reset the defensive line, bring in a new leading tackler. I mean, this team just seems like it's not going to stop anybody again. It feels like they're going to have to score 50 points a game or 40 points a game and only give up 38 is what it seems like. Um, so there's not a lot to cover with this team. I just, there's, I didn't feel like I was getting excited to talk where Wake Forest like we have, you know, I, I think there's talent on the offense. There's not a lot on the defense. What do you guys think? I loved meeting your fans in Omaha for the College World Series, but boy, oh boy, do you guys need to replace some big spots in football. I do not think they're going to be as high as what they've been, especially when it comes to excitement and how Sam Hartman affected and basically ran that offense. So it's a wait-and-see product for me. I've heard one thing that I thought was interesting is uh, with the loss of Sam Hartman, I think I heard a quote was like from the coaching staff is, Losing Sam Hartman was like one of the last problems that they're having yeah. uh, with replacements this year, and and that's a strong quote because there wasn't a lot of lo- Sam Hartman love from that. No, no, I thought I I took it as that, and but then I also took it as we got a lot bigger issues on other spots than replacing mm-hmm. a really good quarterback, which is that's the biggest red flag yeah. you ever got to hear. <laughs> yeah, and I put him in the wait list because they've been a good program; it's kind of been on the rise. Yeah, I could see like 
they're not going to contender. And, and I really think they're going to have a tough time becoming a contender if the rest of this conference gets better and better. Reese, thoughts on Wake, Demon Deacons, one of the best logos in football. What are your thoughts? They're going to have a tough year. Uh, losing Harbin's the big thing. Like how uh, Parsi <laughs> talked about before for Virginia, losing Armstrong. That was the only name they talked about or had or whatever. Now they lost Harbin, so it's like it's going to be a big who cares. That game they had with Clemson last year was probably one of the better games at the beginning half yep. of the season. And now the game against Clemson this year probably is going to match up a ball game. Probably so. not going to be great. Yeah. What are we thinking? Over, under six, thumbs up, thumbs down. What are you thinking? I can under. see it just being, can I do at six? I'm not over. call push. I'll say pretty push. push. I'm, giving, I'm going push. I think they'll get I'm six. I'm under. Parks, I, I think you had. Under. Three unders and a who gives yeah. a shit. I like it. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Not great for the Deacons. Now let's go to Pitt. I think this is a team that we need to talk about a little bit because we might have them in the wrong category. I'm thinking oh, I've gone right back and forth on them. They're in the wait list right now. Do they need to be contender? I'm thinking they might need to be. Pat Narduzzi in his ninth season at the helm with the Panthers. Now they bring in Phil Jakovic, like we are talking about from Boston College. Now, that, like Schaefer was talking about in the beginning of this program, this might be a step up from Keon Slovis. This might be more of a Kenny Pickett piece. This might fit in a little bit better to what they're trying to do. He's coming back and he's going to play with an offense coordinator that he knows and understands. This also seems to be a team that always is gritty. They're always tough. They're always playing good defense. Um, and they reload with guys that they have. Like it, They seem to just be able to fill holes with uh, the guys they have. And Pieces that need to be built up on, they've continued to stack brick by brick over there. It should be solid again on defense, like I was saying. But I think they re- they reload a little more than they would have liked to on that side of the football. But I think they're going to get more help out of their offense this year and a more consistent quarterback place to help that side of the football. Let's go to Schaefer. I know you wanted to talk Pitt. What's your thoughts on the Panthers? I I think I posted it on our TikTok. I think this is a dark horse team to win the conference this year. If you get a bad year out of Florida State or Clemson, um, I love the the reconnection of Jerkovich and, and Frank Signetti Jr., mm-hmm. uh, his old coordinator. Pat Norduzzi is always known to reload on defense. He added Donovan McMillan. Ah, whoa, tongue twister. Words, Donovan, words. Mc, Donovan McMillan from Florida is one of the top safety transfers he's in the country. Yeah, so I like that. I think he's going to reload on defense. I don't think it matters that they lost six starters last year. Um, and they get Louisville. Florida State and North Carolina at home. I think that's a sneaky yep. place to play. So I think we, before Reese, I jump into you. They get four of the bottom six in the conference on their schedule. I think that is a big part of why I think we're a little underselling them. They do get the bottom half of that conference. Reese, uh, yeah, like you mentioned before, their their defense is solid. They were number two in sacks per game last year, twenty um, third in overall uh, total defense. So. They're, it's a tough place to play, and they're not going to give up a lot of points. And if they can figure out something with their new quarterback and with his rekindling of his old coordinator, it could be Reese, Reese, I've got to tell you. I'm going what? to you. I'm getting you hyped up. We're rolling. And you just come in. You're He's just like, like, yeah, well, I well, think there might be. <laughs> you lost your groove. You were Pitt, rolling. Pitt uh, looks good right, this year. Sorry, um, I'm coming in hot for the next one. Jesus. God. Right. I'll go, is this a good spot to go fuck myself? Yeah. <laughs> No, I think uh, we mentioned a good chunk of it already. Just my short quip would be, I, I do think they have a favorable schedule when it comes to the conference, but they do have a couple of games out of conference um, that are going to be tough. I think Cincinnati, obviously, with their move to Big 12, have to up their game. They'll be ready for that. The backyard brawl is also a toss-up. I don't remember if people know how that game ended last year. It was quite crazy. And then, obviously, you played Notre Dame off of a bye 
in South yeah. Bend. So there are some tough spots that are going to be make or break for the squad. I will say that I think Cincinnati and West Virginia will both be down this year, which is tough for both those staffs as they're both in need of help. Um, over under six and a half, fellas. This is this is a big one for me. What are we thinking? I think this is an easy over. Easy over, I think, as easy well. Over. I think this is one you really want to look at um, for a possibility of one in nine games, right? Now, we have now made it to the contenders. These are teams that we think is going to be in the mix for the conference title. These are teams that are going to be very talented, maybe not on both sides of the ball, as we'll go to our first team here quick. The North Carolina Tar Heels, Mac Brown, now in his fifth season. He's been there five years in Chapel Hill. I feel like that's crazy. It feels like he was hired not too long ago. Drake May, again, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, is high in the Heisman rankings already. Plus I know it's way early in the year. Yeah, plus 800, Reese says. Yes. They are now um, kind of in a spot where they're expected to win 9-10 games. This is a team that got to a conference title last year, but they weren't great. I feel like there was a lot of situations where it, it was – I'm thinking Appalachian State. You mean you score 100 or you lose kind of thing. Um, it's going to be a fireworks show every week. This is a team that's going to light it up. We talked about the guys that are bringing in the receiver position. We talked about how good a Drake May is. Um, but does the defense get any better? I mean, does it? It can't get it, any worse. It, it literally uh, cannot get any worse. No, they were last in yards per game and points per game in the conference. Well, Gene Chizik still there. So does he make anything different? Because they – they lost some DB talent to the transfer portal, and I think it's an interesting spot for them. Any other thoughts, Parks? Oh, sorry. I didn't hear you say it. I pulled my earphone out. Uh, okay. I'm all basing this off their schedule, right? It matters who you play on how many games you're going to win. They play a couple of tough games. I mean, I always give North Carolina credit in my head. They have balls scheduling App State, which is a pretty good team. Um, and then, obviously, you play Minnesota at Pitt, your first conference game. So they have some tough spots. Drake May, though, like we said, like Jordan mentioned, we talked about them bringing in uh, Devontae Walker Jr. They could be very, very good. But it all comes down to the defense, as we said. So it's this team's a total toss-up for me. I'm not sure what the number is, but I'll probably go over. Schaefer. I love the receiver transfers they brought in. Um, but if you're not going to make any improvements on defense, what, what does it matter? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a Gene Chizik guy. Um, and that's not my Iowa State bias, I promise. He's just there's no talk. He didn't reload anything. They're not changing any schemes. I just there's no change in the defense that was one of the worst in the country. Like as a North Carolina fan, what makes you optimistic that you're going to be able to stop somebody with that guy leading your defense this year? My whole thing is I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, but you can't win national titles stopping literally nobody. You got to get a stop at some point. I mean, you've (laughs) got to have a competent defense and it has not seen that way in Chapel Hill over under at eight and a half. For the Tar Heels, what are we thinking? Over. Under. Over as well for me. I think it's just a little over. I think nine wins. Okay, nine for under. Parks. That's a little over. And Schaefer says under. You thinking eight? Yeah, I'm thinking think eight or even seven. I, I just don't. Yeah. Well, I'm I think you're wrong. Under. <laughs> They're going to get into too many slug slug matches here is what Schaefer is basically saying. Is that I mean, You can't outscore people every week. True. See, they also they also they also lost their OC to Wisconsin too. So they're mm-hmm. they're bringing they they promoted their I believe it was their quarterbacks coach. So, but he's going to keep kind of the same style, which he should. Obviously, that how good that offense was. And you have Drake May. Um, so it could there could be some growing pains as the year goes. Maybe with some changes with mm-hmm. that, but it's still a team that they're geared to what their offense is going to do. They're they're a fun team that I, I bet on them. I think the most last year, um, and I'm still going to bet on them again this year just because Drake May is a whole lot of fun to watch, um, and. 
the offense is going to put up points. It's just their defense yeah. is yeah. awful and bad, but their offense is going to put up points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a t- <laughs> hey, fireworks are going to be showing Shitty. every week with this team, but the defense may not show up at all. So we have three out of the four thinking over eight and a half wins. Let's roll into North Carolina State. Their rivals. The Wolfpack and Dave Dorn in his 11th season here. This is a team we thought would have a little more bump in 2022. We thought like Boston College, maybe better than Boston College, but we thought this team would have a real shot at winning the conference last year. It did not turn out that way. They ran into some injuries and some other parts. Um, Brennan Armstrong, here he comes in from UVA. He is now going to play quarterback for a team that loses Devin Leary, who I was a big fan of. I thought Leary was a very good quarterback and underrated Armstrong could get back to his ways here uh, with the Wolfpack. The offensive line struggles are, it's a problem though. You wonder why Leary didn't play a ton of football games the last two years is because he was consistently getting hit and he was on the ground, Um, but they're reloading a wide receiver room. They get a lot of the defensive quarterback, but everybody that was a supporting cast and kind of your role players on the defense is gone. So they are bringing back Peyton Wilson, who is one of the better linebackers within the conference and they're starting corners as well, but a lot of role guys, a lot of different people are transferring out or seniors and have now graduated. So it's an interesting spot for the Wolfpack right here. I think um, I, I just respect the coaching staff too much to think that they're going to be poor. I think this is a team that's really built. They're a blue collar program, uh, really gritty. They're not going to give you anything. Um, what do you guys think about the Wolfpack? I know this is a team that we were higher on last year, but what about this year in 2023? Dave Doran is just a guy I trust, and I'm sorry, Parks, I'll go to you in a second. He's just a guy I trust, and I think they, they got the right guy to replace uh, Leary. So I re- I love the defensive additions. I think Peyton Wilson is the best linebacker in the conference. But, um, yeah, sorry, Parks, go ahead. No, I was beautiful. Um, I just – I don't know about this team. I think it's going to be a product on the field type of team again with the changes they made. I think the beginning of their schedule is a little bit more favorable than the end. Their last five weeks are murderers rough. So that's going to tell you the, the whole story on where this team's going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, it all depends on how Brennan Armstrong fits in that offense with all the weapons they brought in. Yeah, this is very interesting. Like we are saying, we've got to have to see this team live. If I think three weeks in, we might know a little bit more. But right now, it's tough. Reese, any thoughts on the Wolfpack? Just we're going to have to see what the product's like on the field with Armstrong. If he's the, if mm-hmm. he's the guy... The defense is they're like they're they're a great team every year. I think they were one of the top in the conference. I haven't written down they only gave up they only gave up uh nineteen points a game last year and a hundred yards on the ground. So they're a team that they make you one dimensional yeah. and takes away one part of whatever your strength is. If if you're gonna run the ball, they're gonna make you air the ball out. So they know what they're doing with that three three five defense and it's it's gonna come down to if they can put everything together. Yep, agreed. That's a team I really wanna see this year. I really have respect for that program. Um Launched new uniforms this year. They changed it up a little bit. They're keeping the wolf on the side of the helmet. Did a little bit of a change. And no, over under at six and a half, we think an over or under everybody. I went, oh, I didn't write this one down. I think over yeah, a little bit. Enough. Seven games. Over. Yeah. I was thinking seven. Yeah, over seven. I'd say awesome. seven. Awesome. We're all thinking the same thing. Wolfpack over six and a half wins. We will see if this is their year to contend or if they maybe they slip into that waiting list uh, program. Now, this is the I think this is the top end right here, um, and the next two teams that have a real shot outside of North Carolina, um, Miami, Florida, not the Red Hawks. This is the ACC version. Everybody, all right, relax. This is the Hurricanes. Mario Cristobal in his second year uh, in Miami, they suffered their first losing season since 2007 
last year. Now, it, it was a tough year because they thought they were going to be better. We thought Van Dyke was going to be a better quarterback. A lot of things didn't go their way. They didn't play great defense. The offense was sputtery. The quarterback was sputtery. They, they took that team and they said – Goodbye to OC and DC. They bring in two new coordinators and Mario Cristobal has been hitting the portal. Well, and he's also been recruiting very well down there in Miami. This is a team at their top end. I truly could think win 10 games and could be in Charlotte playing for a conference title, but it is also a team that I watched last year look uninspired at times and look like a team that just wasn't, you know, interested in playing well and just, it looked like a very young team. Like if you threw a bunch of freshmen out there against seniors, you're going to see the inexperience, except they were experienced guys who just didn't produce. So it was interesting for me to see that the talented offense, again, just needs confidence. They need to hit a groove a little bit. They need to see them moving the football down the field. They need to see the ability in the trenches to uh, have a run game and have a consistent passing game. But the unknowns on defense make me a little bit questionable, but I think super high ceiling and like a seven, six win floor. What do you guys think about the Hurricanes? I was going to like somebody go first. I feel like I've been going first. Let's say Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, you just plan on going first, and then I'll follow, and then Reese. Or right. Reese can go second. I'm not putting it in any order. Gotcha. Okay. The one thing I love about Miami going into this year is I think their offensive line, it has been talked about. It's been given the right amount of praise, but I think it's absolutely loaded. You have Javion Cohen, the best interior guard transfer out of Alabama. I think Matt Lee is one of the best centers in the ACC. Uh, and then they have the five-star right tackle. I want to get this right. Francis Malagoa. I think I got that right. There's a ton totally of rave about this it. dude. He, he is an absolute stud. And I just got to see more production from Tyler Van Dyke this year. Um, he's got the offensive line. I think Cristobal's got this team going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're as much of a contender as, as some people like to think that they are. I think this is about a seven to eight win team, but if they get seven or eight wins, I think that's the right direction. And I think that's a good year for what Miami can expect. So I don't have unrealistic expectations. Like I think some of the rest of the country really has on this team. Yeah. And I think that's because of the transfer portal and how they've been hit, how well they've been doing there and recruiting the last two years as well. I think why that hype started to build a little bit more Reese. Yeah, like Schaefer said, the the transfer pickups for the line is going to be huge. And if you look at their if you look at their schedule, if they can figure it out early, there's no reason they can't be going to their maybe it'll be week seven game with Clemson at home undefeated. They could be looking at that game very well, sitting six and zero. Oh. And if they can play that, if they can find a way to win that game at home, I mean they they have a, they have a shot, you know. Parks give me a Parks give me a look. I'm giving you a Parks? look. I think I mean six and zero. Oh, I mean, let's not forget they got an A and M team that is much more likely to bounce back with the talent they have in the SEC yeah. coming in week two. So uh, they got a tough game. Their other three, home, yeah, Miami, Miami is about as loud as this office is right now. So I'm not. I wouldn't too worry too much about that. But uh, no, they'll be better. Uh, I think they have one of the best special teams special teamers in the country in their kicker. Um, They'll be more competitive for sure. Favorable schedule other when they play, obviously, Clemson and at Florida State. But Yep, agreed. I, th I think when you look at that Miami team, Shaver, you talked about the offensive line. Well, Mario Cristobal, that's what he does. He builds yep. offensive linemen. Um, and so if they can get the ability to run the football better, they can control uh, the trenches on both sides. I think this is a team that could really improve. Again, I think you guys 
um, see it a little bit different. Maybe the rest of the country has a little more hyped on him, but I'm, I'm a little higher on him too, I'll admit. So seven and a half, we're thinking over under right now. I'm saying over. I'm thinking there are eight, eight or nine wins with this Miami team. I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit here. I wouldn't suggest drinking Kool-Aid down in Miami if you don't know where it came from. But <laughs> True. Or do it if True. you live life. Yeah. I, I'm going over the seven and a half. This coming, don't listen to Reese. That man has had a belly of four loco multiple times in his life. So don't look at me and say that bullshit without saying Jacob Shavers. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> I kept my mouth. It was shut. a phase, it's mom. One two dynamic punch. I'm gonna talk about that shit. It was a phase. I'm going, Jordan. I'm gonna go. I'm. I'm gonna go over. I give him eight wins. Okay. Perfect. Over. I think. I'm gonna go over too. Yep. Consensus over for the Miami Hurricanes. I really, I, I'm a Mario Cristobal guy. I'm a big fan of what he does. He's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, I'm hoping good things for him. I'm not a, as a whole, the whole you thing, like, you know, you can miss me with that stuff, but Mario Cristobal is a guy that I can get behind. Um, immunity. I stole that from Pete. I just yeah, you stole that. that. You, you yeah. better. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> tough. Sorry, Josh. Uh, to Louisville we go. Jeff Brom in his first season with the Cardinals. This team was solid under Satterfield. They were never great. It felt like more like a team that was um, just sputtering. It, they never really hit a groove. You know, they had Malik Cunningham was an absolute dog for this team. And one of the most fun players to watch in the country, but you never got to see him on a national stage because they weren't sitting at nine or 10 wins or fighting for a conference title. So this team has lost nine straight games under Satterfield when he was there, when they were leading or tied in the fourth quarter. It's pretty good. Could you imagine that as a fan? That is awful. That I mean, that would be about as painful as it gets right there. So, um, we talked about Plumber earlier. What are you guys smir- smirking at here? Uh, yeah, I, I can fucking Cardinals- imagine it, Jordan. I lived it. I li- <laughs> we lost eight straight one-score games. Yes, I can imagine. Yes, it sucks. You're very right. Continue. Wait, what game was that? Uh, <laughs> it's not- Plumber comes in. No. <laughs> Plumber comes in from Cal via... Um, Purdue beforehand where he was under Brom. Now the core of the offensive line returns. That was a solid unit last year. They did lose their uh, leading rusher in the transfer portal, but it's a complete reset on defense. And as we know, uh, there's a couple things that need to switch for this team. I think with Brom's teams, he's either had a really good defense or a very poor one. And so we'll see what goes on there. Um, but it's a complete reset over there. They're changing the scheme. They're changing the personnel. They're changing coordinators. It's a team that could be, I think they could be very high on a lot of people's boards because I think they have the ability to score a ton of points with the, with the best of them. And we know how Brom plays offense, a little bit of an air raid. They don't need to have it, you know, great backs. They can run two or three out there and all be productive. But this is a team who loaded up on town on the offensive end, and they may be able to score a ton of points. And uh, just a sneak peek, easiest schedule, I think, within the ACC. So easy, Easiest and I say most most favorable. Yep. For sure. Shafe, I want to go to you on Louisville here because we talked about him a little bit um, last week too. Yeah, we've. I mean, we've dug into the big ones. I mean, the additions they've made on offense, the schedule, the favorable schedule. Um, but the big thing is, is like Jeff Brom's done a lot more with a lot less in his time at Purdue. So I, I think he's in a good spot for year one. I love the secondary. Uh, their corners. Jarvis Brownlee Jr. and Quincy Riley are coming back, I think, after like a combined total of 10 picks last year. And then they added Marcus Washington, a Georgia transfer, at that cornerback position. Their, their uh, safeties are awesome. I, the secondary isn't going to be the 
biggest pillar to build off of for most defenses, but mm-hmm. I just love the production they bring back in the secondary. Uh, and then we, we covered what they do on offense and we already know what Jeff Brom does. So look for this team to score a lot of points and probably surprise a lot of people this year. Parks to you. I actually like Jeff Brom. So uh, I think this team's going to perform over of what they're expected to be. I think that we have them in the right category. I think they, like you, like you guys said, favorable, favorable schedule. So I think this team um, most likely will be over whatever their total is. And like I said, Jeff mm-hmm. Brom, I trust him. I think he knows what he's doing. Reese, to you, talk about the Cardinals a little bit. Like you mentioned before, the complete overhaul in defense, switching to a four-two-five, it's something different uh, that they're what they're used to doing. If there's going to be growing pains with that, that's just. But for the team to figure out, that's it's lucky they have a, an easier start to their season, so they can figure it mm-hmm. out. But I just think it's interesting. This is the third new quarterback to go link up with their old OC within this conference, which that's just something like the random thing I noticed. But I think they'll, they'll be a good team. <laughs> nice helmet. Yeah, I should have thrown my uh, microphone helmet here on it. Area. Why was that purchased? I'm curious. Is it hanging? Yeah, Louisville. Why? Yeah, well, take that shit off. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, talk like that. Shit. Uh, well, the the collection started, and I got it as a gift simply because uh, <laughs> my girlfriend thought Louisville was the one because she's got family lives in Louisville, and so she wanted to start with that one. There's no real specific reason to it. Um, but I do think it's their best looking helmet. They've only worn it a couple times. People are listening to this and be like, what the hell is going on? What is he doing? Go ahead and put a helmet on his microphone. <laughs> it is uh, white with red metallic cardinal and red metallic face mask. Uh, Schnellenberger logo on the back. Howard Schnellenberger. And 2021 is when they wore it. So. I, I drafted their all red chrome helmet for our helmet draft. People forget. You picked the wrong one. Uh, what are we thinking on eight? Over under eight? I think right at it push i'm thinking over i i, I, I am take... thinking a push so i'm gonna take the under push okay. push I'm, I'm on an island here again so we'll push. talk about that now let's go to the favorites this is this is the two teams that you're probably hearing about in every single preview magazine every single commercial every single espn broadcast or article clemson and florida state now starting with clemson Dabble Sweeney's back, 15th season. This is a team, he's starting to get a little upset with the fan base. They're expecting too much. They're not appreciating what they're doing there. They still won 10 games, still won an ACC title. Seven of the last eight, as we had mentioned earlier. Is this a renewed Clemson offense with Cade Klubnik? Is this a renewed offense with Garrett Riley? Or is this the same old Clemson who might sputter a little bit? Let's go to you guys on that one. Talk about the Tigers. Well, they bring in the hottest commodity in college football right now as far as offensive coaching is concerned. Uh, Everybody's raving about Garrett Riley. If he can actually come in and do Jesus' work and turn this Clemson's offense around, he will be the next head coach, the hottest head coaching candidate probably as soon as next year. Uh, Passing offense, they ranked 66 last year. We didn't see a ton out of Klubnik. Uh, He was was pretty solid in the ACC uh, ACC championship game. Uh, and then absolutely, I mean, I don't want to say abysmal. That's a pretty harsh word, but he wasn't great uh, in that Orange Bowl against Tennessee. Everybody wants to talk about the offense and because obviously that's the biggest question mark, right? And everybody wants to see a more productive season mm-hmm. this year, but I got to give the defense's credit. I think I did this last year as well. They don't get enough credit defensively on that side of the ball. They have the best linebacking combo in the country. And I think Jeremiah Trotter is 
probably a top five player on defense in the entire country. Yeah. I, I have that in my notes. Bad. I think the front seven will be very solid, but I think their questions, if any, on the defense, they're in the back end. So, I mean, so that's my point. All they got to do is if the defense can stay productive, come on. I mean, it's kind of like an Iowa situation. Clemson's just got, give me, tw- give me three touchdowns. Give me 21 points. You have Will Shipley. You have Kid Klubnik. Mm-hmm. Just three touchdowns. Is that hard to ask Will for? Shipley. Sometimes it is. Shipley, one of Reese's favorite players within college football. Reese, talk about the Tigers a little bit. Dude runs hard. Anytime he gets the ball, like he is looking like he is going to run through a goddamn brick wall. He's just a lot of fun to watch. He wants the A-gap. Yeah, fucking get out of my way, boys. But they're just a team where you got to figure out if Cade's your guy. They thought DJU was the guy, and he just wasn't. If Cade's the dude, then the sky's the ceiling for these guys. Like it's They can go above and beyond because if, if he can be like that, I mean, obviously it's, it's tough to compare him to. Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, but like when mm-hmm. this, when these teams with these kinds of defenses, when they have a legit quarterback, they're a national title contending team every single year. And maybe it's not, maybe it's not where he's going to be right now. But if in a year or two, if he can progress into something much better, they just got to figure out if he's the guy right now, especially with your new OC, and figuring out whatever system works best for the two of them to figure it all out. Because the defense is going to be solid year in and year out. They bring back a majority of their guys. They bring back four out of the five on the line. They bring back their stud in the in the backfield. They bring back some guys on the on the on the outside. It's just going to be if Cade can be the guy or not. And that's that's yep. what the season is going to come down to. But that's a good point, though. Is is all the talk this off season? Everybody just wants to talk about Cade or Garrett Riley in the offense in the quarterback position. Can we not, you know, bring the receiving room to light? I mean, they didn't hit the portal at all. It, it, that's a, been a knock on Dabo, and the receivers just aren't very good. It, I know that compared to what, compared to what they're used to having, yeah. So, are we sure it's all of the quarterback position, or are we going to? Uh, start- I think the scheme that Riley brings in is going to be less reliant on teams or on their receivers having to get open by themselves. I think this scheme is going to help a ton. I you look at what TCU did last year. Duggan had a lot of guys open. Now yep. he did have a bailout option, but I, guys are running open. Yeah, man, it's good. hard to miss them. So that's what I'm thinking right there. Parks, the Tigers, and Clemson. What are your thoughts? Looking at their schedule, it's it's their conference to lose, really. I think you're going to learn a lot about them week one at Duke. Um, offensively, I was going to say that I think they lack weapons on the outside. Um, Will Shipley is going to be most of this offense this year. That would be my best guess. Um, towards the back end of their schedule, they had some tough games. Obviously, they have... They play at South Carolina this year, which could be very, very interesting for terms of the implications of the end of their season. Um, but this is their conference salute. It's Clemson. It's Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. So I take it for what it is. I think they're going to be good. The schedule. Are you talking about the schedule? Over. Duke first game of the year is it's not a gift. No, no guys. joke. You're going to learn everything. You're going to learn a lot. I think Dabo likes that, though. I think he wants his team to have to go right away. I don't think he wants to ease into a schedule. I think he wants to be challenged right away and prove to his team maybe they're not as good as they think they are or vice versa. So yeah. um, over-under at 10, what are your thoughts? Over-under 10, I have, I, I'm have. i thinking right at 10. I'm thinking push. Thinking, yeah, push. Yeah. I'm thinking push. Anytime I go push, I go under. So I'm, I'm going under. All right. Well, I, but I agree two on pushes and two unders. I, I mean, this is a it's team all, we just talked about. But huh? yeah. it's a team we were kind of talking up right there, but I think we're thinking nine or ten wins is what I'm getting out of everybody mostly. Yeah, but I think ten wins wins in this conference. 
I don't know. They do, they do have their are. bigger games at home. They do have their bigger games at yeah. home, which will yeah. help them in the long run. And they play at Miami coming off a bye. So there's some plus-plus situations for them to win this thing. Yeah. Last team in this conference we're going to jump to. This is this is the darling of the offseason. Reese touched on it last week. This is everybody's big pick. This is what everybody wants to talk about. Four State Seminoles may be back in action and back into the national spotlight. Mike Norvell in his fourth season has taken his time, rebuilt a program that was really not great under Taggart, taken his time and brought in the guys that he needs. He's brought in the guys that fit the culture and the guys who can make plays for him, whether that's transfer portal or within recruiting. This is a team with Jordan Travis, who has kind of found his way back into the Heisman uh Talking points, he isn't going to be working with a bare cupboard. He's going to have talent everywhere, in the backfield, at the tight end position, on the offensive line, at the receiver position. He is not going to have, you know, if they're, if he's great and he's going to New York for the Heisman, it's not for a lack of talent around him, you know. So this is going to be a very interesting team to watch. That defense solidified, very good. Already Jared Burst is still there after transferring from Albany the year before. This team is going to be very good. I, I really do think that, and – can they maintain the hype? Is it too much? What do you guys think? Is there too much talk about Florida State? Is it a year away still? What are your thoughts? I think it's all how they answer after starting two and two. This team's going to start two and two. They're going to lose at Clemson. And they're going to lose LSU the opening year. And then they're going to exactly. drub Southern Miss. And they're going to drub Boston College. So how they respond to that is going to tell you everything you need to know about the Florida State Seminoles. I was going right. to say, kind of going off of that, I guess – sort of a hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take, but the LSU game is not only huge for Florida State and its program, I think it's huge for the college football playoff chances for the ACC. I think the ACC really needs Florida State to come off and win that football game um, because I think Florida State's a good enough team to beat Clemson. So if they lose to LSU and then they beat Clemson, then you're getting kind of a cannibalistic um, behavior inside the conference I could that's kind of the way I see the ACC going this year um, so that's a that's a huge game but I think they're worth the hype because of all the production and the transfer portal talent they brought in I mean just studs all across the board you mentioned it J- Jaheim mm-hmm. Bell Keon Coleman and then Johnny Wilson's the best receiver in the co- uh, the com- uh, conference I don't want to oh, say easy. Whoa, 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 whoa. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes to the country that's really- I, I know I was stopping myself conference he's the best player in the conference so um and then you obviously have your big one with Jordan Travis. So all of yep. the production is just – and then, yeah, I, I could go – there's a, just a list of how many transfer guys they brought in, but your stud receivers and your stud skill guys, you can just keep it at that. All right. Reese. I was just going to say, are, are, are they – are they playing Clemson in the title game then, or what do you, what do you, who do you got Clemson playing? Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't jump oh, ahead. We'll the same. Don't jump ahead. Okay, what are you Jesus, God, I'm I trying to know what you think. Trying to dive into conversation. This guy's talking about stuff. I'm trying to learn shit. God, Jesus. <laughs> Whatever. Well, quit trying um, so hard. <laughs> but I would just say it's it's Jordan Travis. It, it reminds me a lot of who was it? Francois was there when when Florida DeAndre State Francois. was Devon Francois. <laughs> Florida's had all the hype going into the year, and then they played. I believe it was Bama, and he gets injured. He gets injured in that game, and then their season is gone. Like obviously, we don't we don't root for injuries or something like that. But mm-hmm. this is a massive start to their season, and if they can go in there and play well, then like how you mentioned before, it's big for the ACC, and they can go beat Clemson or however that game goes. But they have to play well to start it, and going to the SEC to start off the year is is a very big tell for what this team is going to be like with all the talent they brought in. They better have their shit figured out right away because Travis has all the tools around him and everything he needs to 
make the offense what it needs to be to win ball games and yep. be a contender for the title, for the conference title, and as well as the national title at the end of the year. They just got to find a way to do it against the best opponents in their conference and non-conference. Jake, I want to go to you quick. Do you think they come out of those first four games three and one, two and two? What are your thoughts? Three and one for sure. I'm I'm not chalking them up for two losses. I I love okay. the bold take parks, but I don't. And I and I I like them in the LSU game. They have an SEC caliber defensive line. I mean, from top to bottom, they added Brandon Fisk from uh, Western Michigan. They have other guys that they added on the offensive line as well. I, yep. I think they have an SEC type of uh, offensive and defensive line, and that's going to be the separator for a real po- uh, college football playoff contender and a conference champion. Yep. So over under 10, what are we thinking? I'm thinking over. I'm seeing them right at 10 or 11. I don't 10's see crazy, but this is – I actually – I'm over. Over on this. Parks has got under. I'm going to go under. All right. Two and two there. All right. We are to the last part of the episode. Predictions for the year. Let's roll a little bit quicker through these. We're going to start with toughest schedule. We'll go, I don't know if we're all, I guess, left to right on the screen, all the same. I'll start toughest schedule, I think, is Miami, Reese. Duke. Schaefer. I'm going to go Duke as well. Duke. Parks. Oh, that's tough. I'm all on an island there. I've, it's been like the fifth time I've been on an island on this. Easiest schedule in the conference. I got Louisville, Reese. Louisville. Schaefer. Yep. Parks, Boston College. Okay, yeah. I thought Maybe we were that easiest, most right favorable. Because I said all their all their big games are at home, so like, I don't know about easiest, but it's most favorable. I, I mean, Louisville grabs like the whole bottom of the conference. This is just I do. Yeah, they there is first, Florida State yeah. The first four of Boston College, I, I do agree with Parks. There, it is. Yeah, but that's not the ACC. I don't know. They play Holy Cross. <laughs> Boston College plays Holy Cross. <laughs> I mean, come on. Ready to fucking play over there, though. It's gonna look real tough if they lose that football. Game. It is. It is most most important games of the season. I have two listed. I think we might have a unanimous one. Yep. Okay, Reese. What do you think that is? Uh, week four, Florida State. Clinton. Yeah, hundred percent. I have that one. I want to hear if you guys have another one on there. I have one more. I think might be very important. Schaefer. Uh, I just think that North Carolina at Clemson, uh, week eleven. Well, I didn't think I. I, I got that one too. Is going to be the biggest. Just because of the implications it could have, uh, if yep. North Carolina is the team we think they are, that that could be a conference yeah. title. And if Clemson has one loss, yep. If they lose to Florida State, and now you're sitting there, and it's interesting. Yep. Parks. Clemson Duke. Clemson Duke. I, I think that's a good one as well. I think you're starting off the year, and you got to find out about these two teams that are both well hyped in the conference. Do you know how much the? Do you know how much the conversation opens if Duke beats Clemson that week? It's crazy. It's going to get ridiculous. It's going to get a little too hot take-ish. Reese. And if Florida State loses. I'm going week 10. I think it's going to be an interesting game that people are going to kind of sleep on. Week 10, Duke at North Carolina. Is this an interesting game, a fun game, or an important game for the conference? Is this basketball? <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it comes down to it, North Carolina could be undefeated coming into this game. And if Duke is playing well, it's a game where they undefeated. could be undefeated. Undefeated. Wow. Oh my God! All right, kids, kids <laughs> tripping. Just saying, you guys are coming to me for my takes. I give them. You guys are like, oh, well, really? Oh, this one. I'm gonna go fuck myself over here, guys. Hey, sleeper pick to win this conference right now. I'll go last with this one, Reese. Let's start with you, Duke. Oh, okay. Jeez, oh, relax. Love Parks. Duke. I I, I just made no, honestly. I was just saying the sleeper team that's gonna out 
like get beat their win total and be competitive. Uh, I put deep sleep Georgia Tech. <laughs> deep <laughs> sleep. sleep You're in a vegetative coma. Blacked state. out. <laughs> Three, four locos deep. <laughs> Schaefer. Hud, Pitt. I'm going to go Pitt. Okay, I have Boo. Pitt written down too, but I'll go with Louisville here because I'll change it up a little. We'll get four different teams on the docket. So we got Duke, Georgia Tech, the Pitt. And Louisville. Those, I mean, we're sleeping real deep in some of those other ones. It's just a light, quick 15 minutes. Watch fucking Virginia Tech come out of nowhere and just pounce on this conference this year. Player of the year within the ACC. What are your choices? I think we'll have a popular one, but maybe not across the board. I want to go to Parks first, though. Uh, Drake May. Reese. Drake May. Schaefer, please have something different. I was going to have – I got Jordan Travis. I felt like chalk okay. with that, that apparent, but apparently not. No, I, I just think you're going to have a guy who is going to be more respected for doing more with less on a team that may not win as many no, games. I, but I see where you're yeah. going with that is that right. they're good. Then that leads me into the coach of the year. I have Mike Norvell. I think Florida State's yep. going to have a year where people are looking at him. So I have Mike Norvell there. That's what I was thinking there. They're going to win a lot of games. Uh, best coach on the best team kind of thing. Reese. Dabo, because Clemson's going to win the conference. Dabo. Parks. Uh, Dabo. I think Clemson, if they win the conference, they might sneak into the playoff this year. All right, double Dabo and a couple of Mike Norvells. We'll find out in week four, it sounds like. <laughs> okay, conference. Actually, let's do the conference title. Do you want to do the hot take before the conference title prediction, or you want to? how do you want to do this? I already gave my hot take. Yeah, I agree. It was very hot. Yeah. Red hot. That's a good one. You, you do the conference title first or the hot take first? Uh, conference title. All right, let's do the conference title. Do we have chalk across the board? Let's say, I don't know. I don't know. Is somebody going to yeah. throw somebody else in there? I think. Like I don't think so. At, or Parks. Are we all thinking Florida State, Clemson? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Now, we all have the same game. How many, say I, if you have Clemson winning that game? I. I. Say I if you have Florida State winning that game. I. I. All right. <laughs> wow. This is divided. Yeah, we might have to keep this. Uh, we gotta make it. We gotta. Put, we gotta put an actual bet down in this game for something. Yeah, this is interesting. I'm a little. I'm a, I, I may switch teams here. Reese did say North Carolina's gonna be undefeated. Bullshit. God damn I, it! When Clemson was dead, he <laughs> yeah. said I. I heard there's. Yeah, Reese, hold on, buddy. How do you have Clemson and Florida State if you have North Carolina going ten and zero? I, I said that was an idea I had before. You asked for an interesting game, and that's why that's why I said a game could be interesting. <laughs> it, it's interesting if they go ten and zero and then don't make the title game. Well, because because after they play Clemson and NC State, like before them, they don't play uh, anybody that solid. There you okay. go. They're, okay. they're at they're at pits their hardest. I know game. what our bet could be. All right, there's this incredible place in Sioux Falls. It's called Wiley's. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Unreal bar. Yeah. Yeah. First drink at Wiley's. One time I walked out of there, and I'm pretty sure my hearing, my eardrum was hearing. It was the loudest place. I can't even talk after being there once or twice. Or I don't know what happened. But I got my ass bumped into by a couple of big girls in there. I wasn't a fan. When, when they threw the smoke on the dance floor, I couldn't see a thing. And it was like, I thought we were in Miami fist pumping on the beach or something. At 305. We live in Miami. It's going to come through the smoke. Yeah. This is North Beach. All right. I don't really have a super hot take for this conference, so I, I'll i stay out of this one. I want to go to Schaefer first because I feel like his will be less dramatic because I know what Parks is, and I think Reese might have one that's pretty out there. So let's start with Schaefer. How, how, I guess you tell me how hot it is. Uh, the ACC will miss the college football playoff for the third year in a row. It's not that hot. Can I ask why? Really? Well, why? Because I think yeah. that this 
I think Reese or Parks said this before. Uh, it is a lot of mid. I just think that there's a lot of seven to eight win teams that are just some. It's, the loss has got to go somewhere. Now, what does that do for the top? I, I think that these eight win teams are good enough to go on the road and get Clemson or Florida State one week. I mean, Florida State's got a, issues beating. They can't beat Wake Forest, isn't? Aren't they? Mm-hmm. Isn't there a stat they've lost like five years in a row to mm-hmm. Wake Forest, like. That things got to change, and I I believe this a little more just because man that LSU Florida State game is huge. Um, if they lose that football game, the conference is in trouble. And then Clemson or Parks, like you said, Clemson to Duke. I mean, that's a very it's a very big possible scenario that could slip up there. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to see more productivity from their offense to think that they're a playoff mm-hmm. contender. So, Reese, I want to hear your take here. I don't know if it's hot and see lukewarm. I don't think we're. You know, the exact same thing. The exact same thing Shaver said. I don't think it's this conference is. They're going to be more interesting than the Big Twelve, but I think at the very end of the year you're going to have it's going to be a Pac-12 and then a Big Ten and an SEC team for your Final Four. I don't think, especially like Shaver keeps mentioning, if this team, if this conference just goes cannibal on each other and they keep beating beating themselves, it's going to be hard to find a way to put this team uh, in the talk mm-hmm. at the end to put them in one of the Final Four. I think they missed the the unless Clemson absolutely destroys. Like and can do what they can do, and Kate is the guy, and it's obvious. But I do, I don't think it's going to be this year. It might be the year after. I think ACC misses the college football playoff again. Gotcha. My this is just my take it like thought process. I think before or right after the 2023 season ends, I'm talking right before the playoff, right after the playoff. I think the 2023 ACC will either have added a team in realignment and expansion or they have lost a team or two. I think you're going to find yeah. out this year. And I think I don't want it to be that way, but I think you're going to find out quick if they're adding or if they're become uh, dragged away from other conferences parks. If you got a different one, let me know. If not feed me, feed me the craziness again. Uh, Florida state's going to be two and two after week four. Yeah. I wholeheartedly believe it. That crazy it's really not. Play. I'm sorry. Repeat again. Who do you have them losing to besides LSU? Clemson. They played Cle- at Clemson week oh, four. Okay. 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 Yep. That's, I don't think it's that I mean, crazy. It's, it's not that crazy, but like we're talking about LSU here. I mean, if we're talking about LSU, the team that represented the remember, SEC West. Yeah, I. That's actually not as crazy as it sounded at, in the beginning. Because how many teams Thank you. that start in the top ten? You know. But there's uh, a lot of there's that a lot underperform. Of there's a lot of top there. ten Nobody's teams that there. underperform. Mm-hmm. But I am high on Florida State. Saying, got to stay healthy. Yeah. There's more people saying that they're going to make the playoff than there are people out there saying they're going to go two and two. Now yeah. one might be yeah. more realistic than the other, but what gets clicks? What gets people talking about Florida State? Right now, all right. That's ACC preview. We went a little long. We were rolling through stuff. It's hard to get through 14 teams in less than 40 or an hour and 15. You know, it's tough. We went through a lot of stuff. If you want to listen to this back, go ahead. This is pretty evergreen. You can listen to it whenever you want. To get closer to the college football season, you got to remember what's going on with the ACC. Tune back in. Now, that is episode two. Any last thoughts from the fellas? Anything you want to say real quick before we sign off? I know we got um, Parks has tweeted out a graphic to show you what conferences we're doing when and when those will be out. Please take a look at those. Follow us on the social platforms. Fellas, any last thoughts? I love college football. Yeah, I'm excited to get rolling. It was it was good to get one off the board. Not the most interesting yeah. conference in the world, but I think that there could be some fun things within the ACC this year. Stick around, and I think what do we got next to you next week? Big Ten, Pac twelve, oh Pac twelve, which I think will be very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm actually mid. Fun talking about I'm higher on the Pac twelve. I'm raising my hand, saying I'm going to have fun talking about the Pac twelve. 
I, I am. I, I could say that as well. I We're doing a lot of hand raising this time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm agreeing. Hey, Reese. Send us out. Parks, you're stuck with me. Parks, you're stuck with me. It's me and you. We have clubs and they have Florida State. They'll back it up. Let's out. fuck them up, dude. That's Reese, right. Send us out. Play it. Play it.